Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a podcast for women who are chasing epic and everyday adventures on their bikes. We are a production of Live Feisty Media and hosted by Christy Moan and Katherine Taylor. Good morning, Catherine. How are you today? I'm great. How are you doing, Christy? I'm doing good. We're kind of uh, mixing things up and having me uh, start this out today. <laughs> I know. Uh, Christy has been really just nervous to start the podcast, but then she realized all she has to do is say hi. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that complicated. <laughs> it's not that complicated. <laughs> but I put my big girl chamois on today. <laughs> you put your big girl chamois on. I like that. I like that. So what have you been up to in Kansas? Well, um, lots. Uh, we're getting ready to, you know, it's supposed to be Dirty Kansas weekend um, coming right up, which is, which is a hard pill to swallow. Um, but at the same time, you know, we've got some stuff that we're going to be doing around that. In addition to Ted's, Ted King's DIY gravel that we've got lots of people taking on some challenges for Dirty Kansas. We've got some stuff going on um, virtually too for the, for Dirty Kansas as well. So it's exciting. Yeah. And tell us what's going on. Cause it's stuff that anybody can participate in, right? Not if you were signed up for Dirty Kansas. Correct. Um, we we're going with the theme Ad Astra, um, which are, is our state motto Ad Astra Paraspera, which means to the stars through difficulties. And because we're going to be bringing you so much DK content, in space, you know, virtually to the stars, we're kind of taking the, the um, Kansas theme and, and stretching it into our virtual space. So um, lots of uh, vendor expos have contributed stuff. We've got some really cool um, stuff going on our expo stage, um, lots of great kids activities, but um, all the details you can find on our website at dirtykansa.com. So awesome. And it is not too late to join our little community. So like you mentioned, we uh, have 
just jumped on the bandwagon of something that Ted King is doing, this DIY Kanza, and thought it would be fun to get a group of women just to kind of do that together and stay accountable. And uh, we'll do some fun social media things next week and the week around next week around it. But you do have nine days to complete the whole distance. So if yeah, what, what distance are you taking on? What are you going to do? I'm going to do the 200, which actually is going to be a stretch for me to do 200 miles. I'll probably try to do it in a week. Mm -hmm. uh, I think my friend Claire and I are going to try to get a big chunk done the first weekend, but I've okay. been riding a lot more than, you know, 35 miles at a time right now. So yeah, it's, it's weird. My headspace has just not been there for the big rides and that's not me. It's really weird. So yeah, I actually enjoy the going out and having that 25, 30 mile ride. That's probably my sweet spot. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think a lot of people think, oh, if you go do these epic rides, that's when it's awesome. But I just, I enjoy like doing that, going to lunch with friends, <laughs> but we also have to drive. So it's not like I can go out my door and oh, yeah, that just makes ride sense. gravel. So then it's like you add another hour between driving and coming back. And, you know, if we stop for lunch, it, take, it's a full day. Obviously, we're not stopping for lunch right now, but I do miss the community. That's been really hard. Uh, it's, it's really starting to get to me, I think. So I'm trying not to get too down in the dumps and keep, keep my um, spirits up. But yes, it's, it's this time of year. You know, really, it starts with Mid-South where you just start seeing the community and um, realizing how much I look forward to that. Um, DK Week is is driving that home. I just miss seeing all of the, the amazing folks that are part of our, that make up our community. It's been a, it's been a tough one for sure. Yeah. So we're doing what we can virtually and trying to make that fun. But speaking of a community, so somebody that's in your close community is our guest today. And we did something kind of fun that we have on social media uh, beforehand, we did a little pre-podcast margarita party, but why don't you tell us about our guests and why these margaritas were special? <laughs> <laughs> the margaritas were really good. Um, they were a Heidi Rents special. Um, many of you may know Heidi as a co-founder of both uh, the Cyclist Menu and also the Spirit World, which is a bike event that happens down um, in the Borderlands in November. Um, so fingers crossed on that. But Heidi is a force to be reckoned with. She was a pro mountain biker, um, but more importantly, has been a guide, a cycling guide for years. And it's, it's her sweet spot. It's what she does best. Um, Heidi is definitely a leader in the community and a beautiful soul. And, um, you know, she mixed up some margaritas, which seemed perfect and fitting for the cyclist menu side of things. But if you know Heidi, it also fits her personality across the board. So pretty, it was a pretty... It was, it was great to be with her to interview that, to do that interview. Yeah. You, you all were together in Patagonia because you all share a house there mm -hmm. and I was in my house in Atlanta, but we did all have margaritas. Uh, so maybe we're just a little happier on the podcast this week. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, it was, it was later your time cause we were three hours behind. So it was like, I think we had our margarita at five which yeah. meant there was time for more margaritas. Heidi <laughs> was very concerned. She asked me three times, is this too late for you to record a podcast? <laughs> I was like, well, I'm not really getting up early for anything right now. Well, but, but if you know Heidi, Heidi goes to bed at 8 p.m. And I'm not even kidding. So well, 
it was usually that far behind her, but (laughs) (laughs) well, I think everybody will really enjoy this podcast uh, with Heidi Renz. Well, welcome to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This is Catherine, and I am here with Christy. Hello, Catherine. Hi. And we actually have a very special edition tonight because you have our guest tonight, Heidi Ritz, sitting right beside you. I do. Um, For those people that are freaking out that maybe we are not paying attention to COVID-19 rules, um, we actually own a property in Patagonia, Arizona with Heidi and her fiance. Um, and we've been sheltering in place down in Patagonia, Arizona for the last few weeks, um, working on the place down here. So uh, thought we'd take the opportunity uh, to have Heidi on the show. She's, uh, she's amazing, an amazing cyclist, an amazing human, and an innovator in the women's space. And so why not have her join us for Girls Gone Gravel? And we just had uh, a little happy hour with Margaritas, which is on YouTube, so you can watch that. But Heidi, we're so happy to have you. Thank you for joining us. Oh my gosh, honestly, uh, I'm honored to be on the show right now, and I just wanted to thank you for inviting me. Of course. Well, why don't you start telling us a little bit about yourself and maybe how you got into gravel, and then you have a couple of very big projects that you do in the gravel scene that both of them I'm super excited about and we'll have a lot of questions about. Absolutely. Uh, Gosh, I mean, how I got into gravel, it sounds like such a simple question, but the truth is to think about it, which I love thinking about how I got into it. It has brought me to so many places, it's given me an opportunity to create a life for myself, to make a financial living and to live my dream. And I owe so much to the sport. And um, I actually, I'll tell you how I got into cycling in general. Uh, I I owe this to a dear old friend from the University of Montana. I was 19 years old and his name is Sean Radley, by the way, and he is responsible for getting me and many of our friends into the sport of endurance cycling. And five days after I bought my first road bike, 13 of my guy friends and I rode our bikes from Seattle to Portland in one day, 206 miles. And the emotional impact that that adventure had on me was so impactful and i knew that the bike would be an enormous part of my life forever and uh what was it sorry to interrupt you but i'm just curious like what was the emotional impact like what what was it that you went Oh my gosh. Cause I can imagine there were some parts of you that weren't that happy to be on a bike that long after just getting a new bike. I'd, I'd call it young and dumb. Yeah. I, 
I grew up climbing 14,000 foot peaks in Colorado all summer long. And I was a runner on the lacrosse team. I grew up skiing. I, I understood how to be uncomfortable. And I'd say that was a huge component to getting to the finish. But uh, man, young and dumb for sure. I had no idea what I was doing. I ate 20 bananas out there and I couldn't go to the bathroom for like three days. Don't do that. <laughs> Pro tip, do not eat 20 bananas. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Funny. Well, Christy, how did you all meet? Um, we met through Dirty Kansas. Um, Heidi and Xander came and helped. Well, we met at just an event at just a Dirty Kansas. And then you came back the next year. We had them back to uh, cook for the Dirty Kansas cycling spring camp. Um, but met through mutual friends as gravel cycling does. You know, this community is pretty, is pretty, although it's, um, I think really inclusive, it's also pretty tight knit. And so mutual friends introduced us and they came over and had a drink on our front porch. And then we had them back the next year to help with the cycling camp. Um, and just to, you know, maintain that connection ever since. So um, Heidi's an amazing cyclist in and of her own right. Um, so it's been, it's just been awesome getting to know her better for sure. That's awesome. Well, then you all have a company called uh, The Cyclist Menu, and it is not a food delivery service for cyclists. Tell us about that and how that started, and I'm dying to go on one of these trips, so I want to know all the things. Yes, I want you to come. They are so fun. Um, How it all began? Well, um, after college, I moved to Moab, Utah, and I was a mountain bike guide there for seven years or so. And overlapping with my time there, I raced my mountain bike professionally. And I also guided for an incredible company that is actually based out of Missoula, Montana, but spent the majority of my time guiding for their endurance road cycling company in Tucson. And fell in love with being together with these people for multiple days in a row, sharing incredible adventures on the bike all day and sitting down to a beautiful meal all together. And uh, that's actually where Xander and I reconnected. He and I went to college together and we reconnected while working uh, for this company together. And Uh, one day I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, oh my gosh, we're almost 30 years old. We are making pennies. And, uh, after talking with my boss at the time who I adore, he let me know that there was no more growth for me within the company as a guide. And, um, at the time there were no female leadership roles. For me and that was the time that I decided it was time to move forward and try something different and Xander and I relocated to Longmont Colorado uh, we gravitated there 
for me because that's where I'm from, um, the Denver area. And I wanted to be close to my family. And we applied for jobs for like two weeks and nobody called us back. And I was like, no way. This can't be happening. And shortly after that, I said, Xander, I'm going to start my own endurance cycling coaching business, and you are going to start your own private chef and catering business. And for the next month, we sat next to each other and made our websites, launched our own little businesses together, and we haven't made a dime from anybody else since. And <clears throat> shortly after I launched my coaching business, uh, I had clients from all of my guiding in the previous years uh, asked me if we were going to go down to Utah or Arizona and have a little week of training. And eventually I was like, why don't we? And I was like, Z, you can cook and we'll hire some amazing people to guide with us and let's just let it rip. So we did it and um, it's quickly evolved into the gravel cycling. Um, Yuri Hauswald was my goo sponsor. What do you call him? He was your athlete sponsor, your athlete manager. He was my athlete manager when I raced mountain bikes. Um, and I saw that he won the Dirty Kanza in 2015, and I had no idea what the Dirty Kanza was. And uh, Xander decided that we should have a gravel camp. And so in late 2015, no, early 2016, we had our very first Arizona gravel camp and haven't looked back since. That's awesome. <laughs> that sounds really fun. That's a fun origin story. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, so, so then tell us about the trips, like what makes them unique? Obviously Xander is a cook. You're a cyclist. You go to some really cool places. So what does it look like if you go on one of your trips? Yeah. Uh, it looks like 12, 10 to 12 strangers coming together for five nights, six days. And after the first bike ride, uh, we cheers a cold beer and everybody's friends and family. And um, we have a variety of different riders at every camp. Someone like my mom is always there who is just passionate and isn't a, a very active cyclist. And we have someone like Ted King at all of our camps. Well, maybe not Ted King, but Jake Wells, Jake Wells, a fast cyclist. Yeah. Um, and we have, five guides at every camp so no one's ever left behind and it gives everyone a chance to spread out ride their own ride accomplish their own goals and then at the end of the day we all get to cheers a cold beverage and eat chef z's fresh 
salad bombs. Yeah, salad bombs and <laughs> locally sourced foods. And I mean, I think, you know, having not only been to a cyclist menu camp, but also having been a ride guide at one, the, the thing is that's different is the attention to detail and also the curation of the routes and the culture that these camps take place in. So they're not, they're not a camp that's um, going to be like super touristy. They found the hidden gems. Right. And so it's great as a, as a busy cyclist, as a busy, as a busy person, you can go to this camp and know that you're going to be very well taken care of. You're going to get to experience the best of the town that you're in, not only from the ride perspective, but from the food perspective, from restaurant recommendations. It's very, very well thought out and detailed. So, you know, Catherine is a busy person. It's like, you want to go on a trip. You don't want to have to worry about stuff. You just want to be able to go and get it's relaxing, although you're working your butt off during the day. So Cyclist Menu does an amazing job at that. That's cool. So tell us some of the places you go, because you have some pretty epic locations. Yeah, thanks, Christy. Uh, yes, we are, our bread and butter is Patagonia, Arizona. And we host camps here from October through the end of April. And um the the dirt roads around here are some of the most magical dirt roads that I've ever ridden in my life and this town is 950 people with two saloons and an organic food store and farms everywhere ranches everywhere so our bread and butter is here we live in Tucson so uh it's been a really fun journey to establish relationships with people in this town and create a life for ourselves here. Uh, we love to travel though. And Vermont, uh, East Burke, the Northeast Kingdom uh, in July is a huge destination for us. We've become family with many people who live over there and it's a place that we crave to go back to. So at the end of July, we'll be in East Burke, Vermont <clears throat> and the beginning of August, Iceland. And we have partnered with Ice Bike, which is a mountain bike touring company based out of Reykjavik. And they co-guide with us and they create the routes for us and it is an, an unbelievable experience so that's always at the beginning of august unfortunately not this year uh, northeast italy slovenia mm -hmm. um a little town called cormones we're based out of and we it's a mixed train camp um half gravel half smooth pavement with no tourists it is the least tourist place we've ever gone incredible i'm sad that we had to cancel it this year but we'll be back um <clears throat> mendocino california um the dirt roads there are unbelievable fresh fish off the dock and 
a cold beer over the sunset and <laughs> incredible, incredible riding. Um, and where else do we, oh, Mallorca. Christy came and guided with us in Mallorca last year. Uh, we've been going there for three years and that is a road cycling destination. And last we have a journey through the Alps from Torino, Italy to Nice, France. And wow. that's an advanced trip and a point to point. So those sound amazing. <laughs> right? <laughs> What's our budget, Catherine? Can, can you and I go? We're making zero so far. But if you want us to cover it for media, <laughs> we are in. <laughs> yeah. So how are, tell us, so you've mentioned much travel is shut down this year. How are you all handling that? Like, obviously this is your company depends on travel and epic destinations. What's yeah. going on with you right now? <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. Uh, gosh, the, the craziest part was we had gone shopping for our last Arizona gravel camp of the season. We had $2,000 worth of food. We had 15 brand new guests coming into town. And the night before camp started on March 16th, I called everyone individually and told them that we were canceling the trip. Oh, and that was heartbreaking, but I knew it was the right decision. Um, the next morning we canceled our wedding which was wow. supposed to be on April 11th. <laughs> yep. Um, we canceled our honeymoon to Japan and we canceled our Alps trip in June. And right now everything is up in the air. I will say though, I am blown away by all of our loyal friends who have been riding with us for so long. We launched, we ended up changing our entire schedule, canceled all of our European trips for 2020 and launched our Mendocino camp. And we're almost full for two Mendocino trips in early September. And I'm just blown away by the support we've received from all of our amazing friends and loyal clients. And, um, Fingers are crossed. And Christy and I, as you know, we've been together for three weeks and she and I have been scheming. Scheming. <laughs> hard. Nice. Christy, she's good at that. I've learned. Bike rides le learned lead to scheming. So does COVID-19. <laughs> um, yeah. It's been... Say, a Georgia's open. If you all want to come <laughs> here, we're apparently open for business. <laughs> I think it's, you know, Heidi talking about the loyal clients is to me a, a huge reflection on the level of care from the cyclist menu on these trips. Um, so if you, and I do think as we're warming the waters back up to travel and to um, getting back on our bikes, you know, to me, what's appealing about it is it's a, it's a smaller crowd. It's more intimate. You can bring your friends you know the food, you're not going to be shopping for food. That's all taken care of. It seems to me that what these trips are providing is actually 
a great COVID-19 response where, you know, we all know like at some point we have to like be able to get back out and do a few things. So what does that look like? And I think trips like this lend themselves really well to that type of, you know. Yeah, that makes experience. sense. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that they're, they're filling up on these, on these camps because it, to me, it makes a hundred percent sense. Like that's where I would go mm -hmm. and looking for a way to dip my toe back in the water and encourage a couple friends to go with me um, and get yeah. out there and enjoy it. So, yeah. Plus they're going to take really great care of you. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks Christy. <laughs> it's true. Well, um, you have another big event that you do that hopefully is going to get to happen this year in November down in Patagonia. So, and I know Christy's a big fan of uh, the event called the spirit world. So tell us about that. Yes. Our fingers are crossed. Um, the spirit world 100. Um, it's been a huge journey for us to, to get where we are today with it, um, over the past five years. Um, and Last year we had our first event. We had 100 people and like I said this town is very small and so we're we're stepping up slowly to be a little bit bigger but we decided that we don't want any more than 300 people ever to come to oh, the event. This is going to be hard to get into soon then. <laughs> yeah. We're actually sold out right now. Um there's a wait list though. There's a wait list. We, we capped it at 200 because we're not sure where this virus is going and when the dust will settle. And this town is so small that we wanted to make sure that we, we stopped it now so that fingers crossed, we can host it in November. Uh, 200 people sounds like enough to us for now. So, and we've got some really amazing ideas Christy's been scheming with me and we can't wait to share it with everyone. So, well, I just have a question because I saw some photos and maybe talked to somebody that's in our private Facebook group about there's tequila shots at some point along the route or margaritas or something like that. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, that actually wasn't, we didn't have anything to do with that, but, um, our bartender, who was the photographer uh, attending the Boom Shakalaka bar, he had Mexican Cokes for all the riders as they came through for their photo booth. And then he, he brought a little bottle of tequila for anyone who wanted to take it. It was some. a bootleg tequila shots. Yep. I took one. <laughs> Duh. I mean, we did learn from Allison Tetrick that whiskey helps a lot of things. So I'm assuming tequila does the same thing. Tequila is right on par with whiskey. <laughs> yeah. I actually like it better the next day. So it's more of a summer drink. Let's be honest. When it's yeah. hot, yeah, cold weather drink. But yeah, that was cool. He was stationed at the top of the hill, which was it's 11 miles to the finish line, and basically everyone just had to either take a little shot of tequila or a coca-cola shot and then downhill all the way to the finish line that's hilarious well, one thing i love heidi is it seems like you've made your events 
very open to all. So I think people can get really intimidated by like a camp. They're like, how can I ever do that distance? Or sometimes even a race. They're like, I can't do a race, but you kind of create these very inclusive events. Was that something you did purposely? And what are some things you did to create that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, for, for me, I, I raced my mountain bike on the professional level for seven years and it was, it was, it was fun. Um, but one thing I realized was nobody ever remembers who wins the race and everybody remembers who they met and the conversations and the experience that they had with someone when they are suffering up the hill together. And uh, they remember the person that had the best attitude and that they learned from that person because of it. And even though I was competitive for all those years, uh, what I've grown to love the most now is seeing everybody out there riding their own ride for the love of the sport. So whether they want to hammer it and push their body to the very limit, or if they just wanted to ride their ride, um, that's, that's what we want. And the old mountain bike race vibe is what we're going for. And I think that we've made that happen and what's your women percentage rate? We are at 44% women with no women's initiative out of the gate. It's just 44% women. And to me that speaks, it speaks volumes. Like when you're talking about the industry and we have these conversations all the time about getting more women to the start lines. Um, you know, I, I, I always want to think that DK has had a, a place in history in doing that. But, and the reverse of it is, is like when you have a race director like Heidi Rents, um, that's providing that same atmosphere, it happens naturally too, which is really rad. So it's, it's cool to see that that high, that's the highest percentage that I know of in the cycling industry at 44% for an endurance event is, is really, really high. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I think even on the camp side, like there are a lot of women who want to go and do something adventurous, but they don't necessarily want to like spend all of their time planning it and feeling safe. And so the idea of like a camp where I get to go see these amazing things, but somebody takes care of everything for me. Like that sounds like a vacation because I plan everything else in my entire life. Um, So for me to like pay a little bit more and then somebody takes care of everything for me is amazing everything which that's the that's the key part is like you just have to show up you gotta gotta bring your cycling clothes you have to get dressed in the morning you have to put your sunscreen on but yeah you gotta put your big girl chamois on yeah but (laughs) after that it's all just pedaling your bike um and i think that same thing like i'm always the planner in our family so to go someplace all i gotta figure out is how to get there and after that it's all done it's yeah. pretty rough. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so fun to hear about those. Um, well, I have one last question. I don't know if you have any more questions, Kristen. You have a little friend over there. 
it's okay. <laughs> Belle makes appearances on the podcast often. <laughs> my dog is named Belle. Um, fortunately, it's nighttime here, so the UPS man's not around. Um, <laughs> so my question, I mean, I couldn't let you leave with a, uh, with a company called The Cyclist Menu without finding out what is your favorite thing on the menu? Mm. Oh, that is a good question. Um, well, Xander and I are big salad nerds and we, we just love a good salad bomb and define a salad bomb because (laughs) what I'm imagining in my mind is probably not what it is. Large and in charge. The most delicious, whatever you have in your fridge, throw it together, uh, whether it be collard, cook some collard greens, shave some cabbage in there, uh, maybe put some broccoli on the stove and put some Maldon salt on it, fried egg. There really, there really isn't a favorite meal of mine except for to eat fresh wow. and to make the salad taste really, really satisfying. And I'd say the trick for that is Maldon salt. Yep. Cr- chili crunch. Uh, some really good vinegar and olive oil. And uh, let the fridge speak yep. after that. Have you cooked at all in three weeks, Christy? Yeah. <laughs> been, I'm, a, I'm a good cook. She's been chefing it up. Actually, I'd say she and Chef Z have really been managing the kitchen. The two of them. The other night we had the moment where, you know, well, that's part of maybe my question to Heidi is like, we're working on the space down here because we're going to launch something new and exciting. So that's a big hint. Like we're working on a space down here together. But um, in that we had a day where everybody was just done and there's a little saloon here that their restaurant was open. And so we just decided to order, you know, the Western burger, which is delicious. A little bacon on on everything. Ring. Yeah. Onion ring on top, everything, like everything you imagine an unhealthy burger should be, which is if you're going to eat like that, just, just go just all go in. For it. Just do go it. For it. But after four weeks of not eating like that, that did not go so well. And so even today I was like to chef Z this morning, I'm like, what are we planning for dinner tonight? Cause like, we need to get started on it. A lot of so green things. <laughs> going for the burger again. Cause I don't think my gut's ready for that yet, but um, no, it's, it's fun to be around like-minded people that also want to eat healthy and, and care about where your food comes from. It makes it easy to, to go all in from that perspective for sure. So, but yeah, stay tuned, right? Heights? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I can't wait to hear what this new venture is. I'm super excited to hear about it. And I really appreciate you all taking the time to (laughs) Christy's my co-host. I felt like I was interviewing you both tonight though, because you're there together. Um, It was a little weird, but but because you you are texting back and forth, like ask, you know, like, are you going to ask the next question? So it was fine. It was fun. It worked. I had a lot of questions, so it worked out for me. Um, And you've been spending a lot of time together. So um, but Heidi, it's so great to meet you. I can't wait to meet you in person someday soon. And, and you too, Christy. We've actually never met in person. 
so. Yeah. We got to so, get you down to a gravel camp. I know. Yeah. I know. Th yeah. Thank you so much for your time. And I hope that we could get you down here someday soon. Uh, yeah, it won't take much to get me down there. So, um, all right. Thank you so much. And, um, I look forward to meeting you. Thanks Catherine Thank too. Bye Catherine. The Girls Gone Gravel podcast is a production of Live Feisty Media. Subscribe, like, and comment on your listening platform. Our producer is Taylor Mahan Rudolph. You can follow us on all of the socials at Girls Gone Gravel or visit our website at girlsgonegravel.com.